1: ny or text hope ny in new york
0: five four three two one zero all engine running off. we have a liftoff
2: and welcome back into the bama on three show the daily 10 edition this is your host clint lamb and we've got a great show for you guys it's not going to be long, 10 to 15 minutes. That's the entire point of the daily 10 versions or episodes of the Bama on 3 show. And it's going to be, you know, just a couple of topics related to Alabama football or Alabama athletics. So we're just going to go ahead and dive right in. We got three today. The first being the 2022 Alabama schedule, which was released on Tuesday night. We already had some of those games some of the non-con games, but now we have the entire schedule from start to finish, and I'm kind of going to give my breakdown for what I think about it. And we'll start off right at the top in week one. We knew it was coming September 3rd, 2022, Alabama will be playing Utah State. Got to be honest with you, for this one, my initial thought was I really hope Carson Strong, the quarterback, can be back for Utah State, so this can actually be a halfway interesting game. Seeing Bryce Young play Carson Strong – That would be incredible. Then I realized, wait a minute, Utah State and and Nevada are not the same football program. I got the two confused. So there's nothing really exciting, at least on the surface. I'm not saying that Utah State can't be a tough opponent, but for an opening week game, It's going to be in Bryant-Denny Stadium compared to being a neutral site. That's great, I guess, but nothing really exciting about that. Now, week two, Alabama goes on the road on September 10th to play Texas. We knew that was coming as well. That's going to be a fantastic game. You know, you got so many different storylines to look at, whether you're talking about the fact that Alabama's been able to go into the state of of Texas and recruit at an extremely high level in recent years, whether you talk about the history that Steve Sarkeesian, the new head coach of Texas, had – at Alabama, that's going to be a huge storyline as well. And then there's there's always all those rumors that used to happen with uh, Nick Saban potentially going to Texas and the fact that Alabama got their dynasty started, you know, against Texas, winning a national championship against Texas and Mac Brown. So there's going to be a lot of storylines. Really looking forward to that. If that ends up not being a great game, if you're an Alabama fan, just go ahead and prepare yourself. It's not going to be a great September, to be quite honest with you. Why? Because you got Utah State, then you got Texas, then on September 17th you got Louisiana Monroe. First chance that Alabama is going to have to play them since that 2007 game. One of the worst losses, probably the worst loss in Nick Saban's history, or one of them. Certainly during his time during his time as the head coach of the University of Alabama. So you might get a little bit of revenge there, but no one's going to be expecting much from it. And then on September 24th you get Vanderbilt as the SEC opener. After having Utah State, Texas, and Louisiana Monroe in the first three weeks, you get to top it off in September with Vanderbilt, and I don't think you know that's going to be a program after one season under the new head coach that's going to be ready to be competitive. Wouldn't expect that to be a very good football game. From there, things start to pick up a little bit though, because on October 1st, Alabama is going to be going on the road to play Arkansas. And with where Sam Pittman has that program right now, the fact that they're a top 25 team right now, undefeated record, could be a top 25 team next year. It's going to be on the road. I certainly think that would be, you know, the most interesting game outside of that Texas game on Alabama's schedule in the early parts of the season. From there, on October 8th, Alabama is going to be going on the road. Excuse me, not on the road. They're going to be getting Texas A&M at home. And that's going to be a great game as well. I think at some point, Texas A&M probably stumbles this season. Do they finish as a top ten team? It's still very possible. Do I think they're a top ten team next year? Absolutely. Um, I think that you know Jimbo Fisher is doing a good job of of putting that program in a good position for long term success. I think they've recruited well. They're going to be getting you know a lot of players back. They're breaking in you know a, a new quarterback with Haynes King. He's out right now, but he'll be returning after being a true freshman or being excuse me not a true freshman but a redshirt freshman. And so I think that's going to be a pretty good football game. Then on October 15th, the third Saturday in October is actually on the third Saturday in October, which is great news. But Alabama's going on the road to play Tennessee. Not going to say much. Josh Heupel's second year, not a whole lot to analyze there, to be quite honest with you. You know, At some point, that rivalry has to get back to a point where it's relevant. And I don't know if that's coming this year. I don't know if that's coming next year. A few years down the road, it doesn't look like that program's in, in very good shape right now. So I doubt that it's going to be anytime soon, but hopefully it is, and that's actually a somewhat interesting game. On October 22nd, Alabama is going to be welcoming Mississippi State. Is Mike Leach still going to be the head coach at Mississippi State? Long enough to, to make it to that game in twenty in October of, of 2022? I can't really answer that question. I would think so, but he's got some work to do. He had an unfortunate loss this past week to Memphis – I don't think that was necessarily his fault, but we'll just kind of have to see where things go from here because at least the offense is starting to show some uh, life and signs of improvement, which I think is something that had to happen if he wanted to keep his job. But We'll have to see where that ends up as well. Then on October 29th, you got a bye week. Don't really have anything to say about that except for, I think the timing of it is pretty good if you're Alabama because of the next two games. And this is one that I tweeted out talking about a little bit. Um, November 5th, going on the road to take on LSU. And then the following week, having to go on the road to Oxford to take on Ole Miss. I think that's a tough stretch. And some people pointed out, hey, Matt Corral's going to be gone probably from Ole Miss. They're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. You're talking about LSU. How good are they going to be? You know, is Ed Orgeron even going to be there? Another great point. Um, But at the same time, Alabama-LSU, the assumption should always be it's going to be a tough physical football game. And with it being at LSU, having that home crowd, it's going to be even tougher on Alabama. Do I think they can win? Do I think they should win, will win? Absolutely. That's way in advance, by the way. But, you know, in in September of 2021, I would certainly think they would be a pretty heavy favorite in that game. I'm just saying it's going to be a tough game, a tough, hard-fought game. And then the very next week, whether you got Matt Corral, whether you have some other quarterback, doesn't matter. It's Lane Kiffin's system. It's extremely hard to prepare for. They're going to have some quarterback that can run it adequately, be good, whether it's Matt Corral or somebody else. So I still think they're going to be a very tough football team to play. So I think that's a pretty tough two-game stretch. And then from there, you welcome Austin P. Uh, to you know Tuscaloosa. Great, not going to mention much about that. It's before the Auburn game, makes sense. And then you, you get a home game versus Auburn on November 26th to wrap up the season. I think that could potentially be a very good football game as well. Auburn went to Penn State this year. Um, you know, a tough environment. They played well. They ended up losing the game. But I think they're showing signs of, of becoming an actual quality football program under Brian Harson. And when you're talking about you'll be getting Bo Nix back for a fourth and potentially final year more than likely. I don't think he's leaving early this year. You're getting Tank Bigsby back. You're getting, you know, Jarquez Hunter back. You know, your one-two punch at running back. That backfield is going to be loaded. They should have figured out some of those other issues that they've had. They've been playing pretty good defensively. I think that'll be a fun game. So that's the schedule. Noah took a while talking about that. We got two other topics that I would like to get to as well, but I just thought that one was pretty interesting. Um, The timing of it, just with everything going on, I had a lot of people hitting me up saying, wait a minute, Ole Miss is supposed to be at home. Why are you saying that, you know, tweeting out that Ole Miss is on the road? It's 2022. It's not for this season. There had not been any changes to this season whatsoever to the schedule Uh, But it confused people because we're right in the thick of things. We're three weeks in to the 2021 college football season. They're already talking about 2022. And I, for one, will not be the one to ask Nick Saban anything about the 2022 football schedule. I will ask nothing about it. So if you're expecting me to, wanting me to, don't. I'll let somebody else handle that or it just won't get asked. All right, on to the next topic, which you know, I, I think is a pretty interesting one. Uh, it's, it's Slade Bolden, and and I wrote an article about this, you know, for the the BCS Alabama On3Sports website, and Alabama had player interviews. He was one of the players to speak on Tuesday, and I thought that we got, got some great information from the guy. Uh, you know, everybody in that game against Florida, everybody was questioning the drop. You know, you're, you're talking about second and 10, Late in the game, in the fourth quarter, you're trying to put up points, wide open, nobody around him. Bryce Young hits him right in the numbers, drops it. Everybody's frustrated. Alabama ended up scoring on that drive just a couple of plays later. Brian Robinson Jr., I think it was a three-yard touchdown run. But, you know, some of the mistakes that Slade has made in the past have been forgivable. But when you look at it in that particular moment, even though Alabama did score and they did win the football game – they feel like that, that Slade needed to come through, and he didn't. So they're upset about it. Um, when Slade was able to speak to the media, you knew that a question about that drop was coming. And I thought that his answer was, you know, I thought it was a good answer. It's the, it's the best answer he probably could have given, given the circumstances. And here's what he had to say. I'm glad you asked that question. Working on receiving and catching is one of the biggest things I take pride in. I'm always trying to catch everything that's around me, and it's not like me to drop a ball. But it happens. I'm not perfect in football and just in life. It happens. And when it happened, here's what he had to say about it. You go on to the next play. What is the next thing that I can do to help the team? I knew from the jump, as soon as it happened, to forget about it. Next play mentality. So that was his response. I thought it was a good response. I like the fact that you know when you make a big mistake like that, your first thought is not poor pitiful me, you know, oh my gosh, I've ruined everything. It's okay, what can I do from here to right this wrong and make a play to help my fo- I just hurt my football team's chances of winning this game. How do I now help them? That is where his mind went. I think that's a winning mentality. Are fans still frustrated with him? Absolutely. Do they does he deserve to have fans be frustrated at him? Absolutely. But that's the best response he could have given, you know, to us, the reporters or the media, given the situation that he was in. Um, you know, I thought he handled it pretty well.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility, loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.
2: And the last topic that we're going to be talking about today for the Bama on 3 Daily 10 is matt zenitz you know he was with al.com he's now come over to on three absolutely love the fact that he's working for on three i think he's one of the best in the business but he released his heisman hot board for week four following the first three weeks of the college football season and through the first several weeks at least weeks two and three um i didn't go back and look at week one and i probably should have i don't know if he had bryce young being the number one guy going in but I know that he certainly has had him um, the last couple of weeks as his top Heisman candidate. After the performance against Florida and the fact that Alabama you know, had that lull, Bryce Young had a fantastic first quarter. From there, statistically, things kind of fell off. Wasn't really his fault. We've talked about that pretty extensively. But um, due to that performance and due to the performance of other guys, he's now dropped from being the number one guy to the number three guy. And let's just run through these, you know, kind of quickly. Number one, checking in at number one, is going to be Matt Corral, the quarterback for Ole Miss. That makes sense. You know, uh, Ole Miss is climbing the rankings. They have an undefeated record. Matt Corral has already thrown for 1,000-plus yards in three games. He has nine touchdowns. He has zero interceptions. He's averaging 10.5 yards per attempt. And then he's also got 158 yards and five scores on the ground. And so, you know, he's completing close to 70% of his passes. He has not had one of those just bombshell, though five interception games like he did last year. He's actually showing a ton of growth as far as his decision making, and that is helping this Ole Miss offense tremendously. So I, you know, support him being at or near the top as far as any Heisman rankings right now, especially when you count his, you know, individual performances on top of the fact that Ole Miss is climbing the rankings and they're now flirting with being a top – football team. Second on the list, Matt Zenitz has uh, Kenneth Walker, who was a former Wake Forest running back. He transferred to Michigan State before this season. In three games, he has close to 500 yards rushing. He has five touchdowns. He's averaging over eight and a half yards per carry. He has another receiving touchdown to add to that. So he's got 510 total yards through three games with six touchdowns. And Michigan State is a top 25 team. So I get that too. Bryce Young is currently checking in third. Uh, 813 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions. You know, he's r- ranked, you know, up there near the top. He's tied for fourth most passing touchdowns in the country. He's averaging 8.1 yards per attempt. Those are all great numbers. I just think, you know, when you compare that, you know, the 68% completion percentage, um, when you start comparing that to Tuatonga Valoa and Mac Jones – from a touchdowns thrown perspective, he's he's up there. But for for some of those other numbers, the yards per attempt, the completion percentage, you know, it just it's not maybe stacking up as much. Especially when you just watch Mac Jones complete almost seventy five percent of his passes, um, and I think that's hurting him is just the comparison. You know, Mac Jones didn't win a Heisman. Uh, Tua didn't win a Heisman. How is Bryce going to put up less numbers? You know, in some ways, and win a Heisman. I'm not saying that's the only factor here. I'm just saying that could weigh on the minds of anybody that's looking to create this list. And you got to take that into account because there's going to be a human element to who wins the award. So, um, you know, I think there's plenty of opportunities. And when you talk about Matt Corral and Bryce Young going head-to-head in a couple of weeks when Ole Miss comes to Tuscaloosa – That's going to be a Heisman caliber game. You know, it's going to be Derrick Henry versus Leonard Fournette. You know, maybe not the same result. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that was one where you were able to directly compare them in the same football game. And Derrick Henry clearly looked like the better running back and was able to secure the award from from that point forward, you know, that season. Maybe Bryce Young will be able to do something similar. And then from there, I'm not going to go into the guys after them really. Jordan Davis was ranked fourth uh, or checked in as the fourth name. Um, the, he's a defensive lineman for Georgia. Eight tackles this season, three tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, and one quarterback hurry. Those numbers from you know you would be thinking, okay, if it's a defensive lineman and he's in the Heisman conversation, shouldn't he have better numbers than that? This guy is like six six, like three hundred forty pounds. He's a massive human being. And he runs like a gazelle. I mean, it's incredible. Freak of nature. And from his impact on Georgia's defense, which is clearly the best defense in the country right now, goes way beyond what shows up statistically on the stat sheet. So I support that. um, You know, him being on that list, Charles Power, uh, he had Matt Corral at one. Bryce Young at two, Kenneth Walker at three. He had Malik Willis at four. And he had a couple of defensive players there at uh, five and six with Kyle Hamilton, the safety for Notre Dame, and Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end, defensive lineman, the edge player for the Michigan Wolverines. So that kind of completed his list. And, you know, I like those picks as well. I love Kyle Hamilton. Watch him against Florida State with those two interceptions, and I thought he looked fantastic. So that's going to do it for today's edition of the Bama on three show, the daily 10. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back with you guys talking about more newsy related topics tomorrow. Once again, this has been the Bama on three show, the daily 10 version with your host, Clint Lamb.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament.